Hello everyone and welcome to episode 80 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk to you guys about how and why we have currently got a bit of a problem with accessing petrol in the UK. Some of you might have seen on the news, if you look at different news around the world and things, that currently the UK is struggling with uh, a little bit of a petrol shortage. Um, And the reason for that, unfortunately, is not because we have actually had a shortage of petrol. Um, Just in case anyone's unaware, petrol is what the Americans would call fuel, right? What you put in your car to make it go. Um, We don't have an actual shortage, or we didn't have an actual shortage of petrol. What happened was that there were a few articles in mainstream media that claimed that there was a shortage of petrol, when in reality the problem was that we had plenty of petrol, the normal amount of petrol, but we didn't have quite enough drivers to transport it, right, to pick it up from this place and take it to another place. Um, That information got exaggerated and misinterpreted, and that triggered what we call panic buying, when loads of people go out and buy as much as they can of something uh, just to try and keep hold of it for as long as possible. And so that is what we're actually going to talk about in today's episode, this idea of panic buying, uh, what is it, why does it happen, should we be doing it, um, and yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about that. So um, yeah, that's what, we're go- that's what we're in for today in today's episode. Um, before we jump into the full episode, a couple of things as usual. If you would like to connect with other people who are listening to this podcast, if you'd like to connect with other people who are also learning English like you are, to share tips and ideas and also connect with me, uh, ask questions and share suggestions for the future episodes of the podcast, well, you can do all of that uh, in our brand new free private learners group. So if you're interested in that, you can click the link in the description wherever you are listening to this episode and you'll be able to join the group for free. You can come hang out with us straight away. Um, Also, if you would like to contact me on Instagram, you can do so at Unlocking British English, or if you would prefer to email me, you can do that Unlocking British English at gmail.com. As always, uh, transcripts for each podcast will be available for free on the website, and that is www.unlockingbritishenglish.com. So, Let's get into it. Like I say, we are currently seeing a situation in the UK uh, with panic buying of of petrol. Uh, I've got lots of friends and family that have been struggling to get around because they haven't been able to access petrol. Uh, For for me and Olivia living in a slightly bigger city, uh, it's not too bad because usually there's somewhere you can go. But if you're living in smaller places, then maybe you're a little bit more limited. Um, And yeah, but I don't want to just talk about the petrol today. I want to talk about this phenomenon in general of of panic buying, what we call panic buying. Um, And so, like I said, panic buying by definition is just when people buy unusually large amounts of a product of something, either in anticipation of a disaster or after a disaster. 
yeah, usually we're, we're anticipating something going wrong and so we buy lots of this stuff. Um, panic buying is classed as a type of herd behavior. Uh, so you think of an animal or animals, sorry, in large groups like cows or sheep, for example, that's a herd of animals. Um, and herd behavior is basically this idea that, you know, if one person starts to do something, another person starts to do something, slowly more and more people start to do it, not because they think it's a good idea or because they, they wanted to do it, but it's because what that's what everyone else is doing. So we follow that behavior because everyone else is doing it. That's herd behavior. Uh, and panic buying currently is classed as a type of herd behavior. Um, something that, you know, kind of snowballs because we see other people doing it so we do it as well um, but it's actually starting to become of interest to a lot of different areas now lots more people are starting to try and study it uh, a lot more rigorously and try and you know put some some more uh, clear scientific explanations to to what's happening um, it's of particular interest to people in what's called consumer behavior theory so this is a part of economics right studies of finances and economics uh, basically people that study uh, things like fashions and fads and trends and stuff like that right why does a certain company or a certain product start to become really popular why does it start um, yeah why do people start to buy it loads and loads uh, why does it suddenly become a thing as it were um, you know people that study that kind of thing the trends of, of purchasing and stuff like that are very interested in this because um, it kind of relates to what they're doing um, and you know some people are interested in it from the standpoint of understanding how they can drive more people to purchase stuff right you, know, you could almost create not panic buying but create this this surge of purchases and things but most people are actually interested in understanding it and learning more about it because it causes uh, a real problem as we've seen in the UK with this example um, there are lots of times and occasions in which panic buying what would be classed as panic buying would be perfectly logical and it would make sense um, the issue is that recently you know with the with the COVID-19 pandemic and stuff like that we've seen a lot of panic buying all over the world that isn't logical uh, and actually it ends up causing lots of problems and this is what's happened in the UK currently with the petrol right we didn't have a shortage on petrol but now we actually are having problems because what happens is when people panic buy, when they buy loads and loads of this stuff, they hoard it, right? They buy it and they keep hold of it and they keep it for themselves. That actually causes genuine shortages, regardless of whether that risk was actually real or not. So regardless of whether there was a real reason for you buying uh, in such large quantities, that panic buying, uh, it causes lots of problems. Um, like I mentioned, it's being heavily associated, you know, now with, with COVID and these current pandemics and things, but panic buying is something that has occurred many times before and will continue to occur likely in the future. Um, but just as a couple of examples, you know, it, during the First and Second World Wars, there was panic buying of different foods and different products like that. Uh, during the global influenza, or better known sometimes as the Spanish flu, there was uh, panic buying of different medicines and different different uh, herbs and different remedies and things that people thought they could use. Um, 
even in 1985, when the when Coca-Cola, the company, when they changed their recipe, they introduced what they called New Coke at the time, where they yeah introducing their new recipe, that caused panic buying uh, of the original recipe. People bought as many bottles of the original recipe Coke as they could find, uh, because you know they thought they weren't going to be able to get. Uh, any more of it in the future and some people you know they'll they'll do that to keep hold of it for themselves um, other people will do that to you know to resell it or whatever and there's many different reasons but um, generally speaking um, panic buying is is an undesirable behavior right it um, you know it's 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 usually causes large amounts of of supplies that are necessary um, you know to to run out we run out of very important things um, and usually what happens is that the people or the groups of people that are usually going to be the most vulnerable end up not having access to these things for example uh, the elderly you know older people or poor you know the people who can't afford to stockpile loads of stuff um, often the people who are actually in greater need of these products don't have access to them because of the nature of panic buying um, and then like I said you know the uh, from the retail perspective from the perspective of the actual companies or the suppliers uh, panic buying does actually cause uh, the problems the shortage problems that um, people were worried about in the first place it's kind of an ironic cycle right you're worried about there not being uh, this product available right you're worried about not being able to buy toilet roll uh, so you go out and buy loads of toilet roll and then the next time you go to the shop there's no toilet roll um, so it's kind of like what we would call a self-fulfilling prophecy right you you kind of make it happen yourself um, and so yeah this causes all kinds of problems you know you have to try and change uh, the restocking you have more trucks trying to take more products to different places and all this kind of stuff you have uh, increases in traffic and all kinds of different problems um, so it's something that generally speaking we don't want um, even though like I said in some cases it does make sense and it is you know a logical thing um, it's something that we, we ideally want to try and, and combat so um, why does this happen right why do people actually do this is this just a case of you know people are stupid and people don't think or is there more actually happening here well like I mentioned earlier people are starting to look into this a little bit more uh, and so you know psychologists and researchers are starting to get a little bit of a better understanding as to what they think are the main causes um, and so generally speaking the factors that influence panic buying the things that cause people to panic buy uh, can be categorized into four different themes four sort of key themes or four key sections let's say um, and so I'll list them through and then we'll talk about each one just quickly um, so the first is perception um, you know perceived threat perceived scarcity things like that uh, what you think the situation is like um, the second is fear of the unknown this is something that drives a lot of our behavior uh, when we when we don't know what's around the corner it can drive us to 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 make lots of different decisions not all good ones um, the third is as a coping behavior so uh, as a behavior to be able to deal with the stress of the situation uh, and four would be what we class as social psychological factors so um, 
yeah, things that are happening within society, you know, what do other people think, what do you think of other people, um, and so, yeah, the first theme or the first section was perception, so this can be broken down into two kind of subcategories or sub-themes. The first would be perceived threat and the second would be perceived scarcity. So let me just break that down very quickly. So um, perceived threat just means, you know, how much of a threat you think there is. Um, you know, when, when you read about the situation currently, does that seem very bad to you or does it seem not so dangerous? That's your individual perception of the threat, right? So your perceive, yeah, that's the perceived threat. And then the perceived scarcity of the same idea. Scarcity is you know, having a lack of something. So if there's a, at the moment we have a scarcity of petrol in the UK. So again, it's when you look in the shops, when you look uh, on the news, when you look on Facebook, does it seem to you like we are having troubles with these products or does it seem like it's being a bit exaggerated? Your individual perception of that uh, is going to have an effect on that. Um, and so, of course, you know, in situations where the perceived threat of disease is high, where it seems likely that, you know, there is a disease, there's a very dangerous disease and you could be affected by it, it's very logical and conceivable that someone would be more likely to engage in panic buying um, to minimise the risk of contracting the disease, right? So why would I go to the shop? twice a week when I could just go once, buy everything I need, and then stay home for two months or a month or whatever it is. Um, you know, in that sense, that makes sense. So how people perceive their, you know, their the risk and the threat is, is a big factor, uh, and how scarce you perceive these things to be the products and, and things that you're worried about missing out on. Um, so kind of your individual perception is, is, a, is a big factor. Um, and that's what uh, that's what the first factor is the perception your individual perception of the situation um, the second factor the second theme was fear of the unknown um, so like I say when we don't know what's coming when we don't know what's about to happen um, you know when, when we are scared that um, increases our level of perceived risk and threat so as you get more scared, as you get more afraid of something, you see more risks in things. You detect more threats in things because, you know, your your body is in a state of kind of survival, right? Whether that's um, fear of something very immediate um, or fear of something uh, a little bit more general, like a disease or something like that. Um, yeah, so the, 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 the more scared you are, the more... Uh, risks you are going to notice, the more threats you are going to notice uh, in different situations. And so that will motivate you to take more drastic measures to, to respond to uh, this kind of event. So again, you know, this is kind of following on from that individual perception. You know, if you whenever you look on Facebook, you, you think everything looks really bad, everything's getting worse and worse, you look on the news, they're reporting about all this different stuff and it's all getting worse, then it's, it, again, it becomes like a snowball effect, right? Um, the more scared you get, the more things you see to be scared of, and it just gets worse and worse, and that prompts more of that, um, more of that behavior, you know, things like this uh, panic buying. Um, the third factor, the third thing um, that can influence panic buying is what's called coping behavior. Um, so panic buying can actually be used as kind of like a coping mechanism. Um, 
which is to say, you know, basically, if you're under stress of a situation like a big disease, a big pandemic or things like that, um, you feel like a certain loss of control over the situation, right? Um, with with some fears that we have, you know, we feel like we have a certain amount of control to be able to avoid it or to be able to not do something, um, you know, to, to lower our risks of that happening. But with something like a disease, well, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's difficult because it feels like there's not a lot that we can do. Um, and so, you know, panic buying is something that for some people, it makes them feel like they're in control of the situation. They're doing something um, to actively remove them from dangerous situations. And so they've kind of taken control of their life. They've taken control um, of the situation that they're in and they, yeah, they feel better about the situation and so um, for some people panic buying in 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 these situations is actually a mechanism that they use to cope with the stress of uh, you know of, of whatever it is that they're under threat of so you know in this case you know a pandemic or whatever it is um, and so yeah for some people it's it's that um, and then the fourth uh, the fourth and final factor was social psychological factors so this can be uh, broadly subcategorized into two parts we can break this down into two parts right the first would be social influence and the second would be social trust um, social influence is kind of like what we talked about before this idea of herd mentality um, you know where where a, a group of people start to do it and you follow because everyone else is doing it and um you know there's plenty of times in which again we can see this to be a logical uh behavior um you know if you're if you're on a boat and everyone starts running to get to the lifeboats everyone starts running to get life jackets and things like that you're you're not just going to sit there or chill and and not worried about anything you're going to at the very least run in the same direction just to try and see what's happening um you know because if everyone else is is running towards the lifeboats it makes sense that there might be something bad happening and that you should be doing the same too um but of course different people are everyone has their own level of susceptibility to these kind of things right so somewhat some people are more susceptible to social influence which is to say they are more easily influenced by what's happening around them others less so um, but what seems to be a bigger factor in these social elements is is not actually the social influence but it's more the social trust um, and social trust is is literally you know what level of trust do you have of the people around you, right, of your neighbours, of the other people that live in your town, in your country, in your city? Um, how much do you trust those people to to do the right thing, to do what you consider to be the right thing, to behave uh, in a way that is not going to actively cause problems for other people? Um, and basically, you know, if you have a high level of social distrust, if you don't trust your society, if you don't really trust the people around you to act how they should, then that is going to cause you to act more individualistically, right? You're going to act more uh, for yourself. You're not going to think, um, oh, well, I shouldn't buy 10 packets of, of pasta and, and 15 uh, bags of toilet roll because then no one else will be able to buy it. Because in this situation, what you're you're probably thinking is that no one else is going to leave this for me, right? 
the other people that are going to the shop, they're all buying stuff for themselves. So I need to buy stuff for myself. Um, and so, yeah, you know, because uh, you don't trust other people to, you know, to be fair and to, you know, to, to act, yeah, to, to act accordingly, to, to, you know, try and be good people, you don't see the necessity to be a good person yourself in that situation, which in this context triggers the panic buying. Um, and, and I think that that is one of the big factors here uh, for us. We, you know, when I started this episode, I talked about the situation that we're having in the UK here um, with, with petrol. Um, you know, a big part of it is this kind of... Um, you know, this herd behavior, like I said, and, and unfortunately, you know, it is sparked largely by kind of misinformation from the media because uh, a lot of people were led to believe that there was a petrol shortage. But there was also a lot of information out there that was telling us that there wasn't a petrol shortage. We had petrol companies coming out and telling, um, you know, telling people that, look, there's no shortage in petrol. You've got all the petrol you need. We just uh, we were just looking for a couple of different ways to get it to the right places. Um, it was just a, a logistics problem, um, you know. So we had factual information to tell us that there wasn't a shortage of petrol. But what I think was happening is like you know once you start to get this you know snowball effect of a few people start to do it, I think the social distrust. This last point that we talked about is is a large factor because. You know, lots of people, like I say, had seen this information. They'd seen that, oh, actually, we don't have a petrol shortage. But what they'd also seen is pictures of people queuing for miles behind these petrol stations. People uh, driving all over the country trying to get uh, trying to get a place where they can fire, uh, get petrol. People driving to a petrol station and not just filling up their car, but also filling up multiple tanks uh, of, of petrol that they'll then put into their boot um, all kinds of different things you know people were were acting very selfishly and you know when you see that it's very hard to convince yourself not to act selfishly as well because you know as far as you're concerned no one else is looking out for you so the only person that's going to do that is you you have to look out for yourself and so um, I think if we're going to overcome some of these problems that we that we cause that that are being caused from panic buying um, in these non-logical situations uh, like we have at the moment, um, we need to build a little bit more of this kind of social trust. There needs to be a little bit more of an understanding um, that you know we have to work together to to solve these kind of problems. But that kind of thing is a lot easier said than done. So, um, like I say, this has become a subject that psychologists and researchers are getting more and more interested in. There's do it. There's a lot more, um, yeah, research being done on this situation. So, whilst it's not something that we can completely, uh, we can't, you know, wrap it all up and tie it up with a bow and, and say this is exactly what's happening. This is exactly how we stop it. How exactly how we change it. Um, there is becoming more and more information available to understand how we might better combat some of these things. And so, um, you know, based on this information, I would say, you know, the main keys uh, would be, you know, to make sure that you're informed firstly, because, you know, if you're doing things just because other people are doing them, then you leave yourself open to doing stuff that doesn't make sense and that you don't need to do. So, you know, make sure that you check information. Don't just do something because someone else said uh, it's true. Uh, but also, you know, we're, we're going to have to try and develop a little bit more uh, faith in each other, right? Faith in 
um, yeah, in our neighbours and in our in our towns and our cities that you know we we can work together to solve some of these problems. But um, yeah, it's an interesting subject, and so I thought I would cover it in today's episode. So. Um, Hopefully you guys have found it interesting too. Of course, if you have any thoughts about this episode or any of the other episodes, then please feel free to get in contact with me. Like I said, the best place to do that now is going to be in the Discord group, which you can access for free. Just click on the link wherever you are listening to this episode, but you can also contact me on Instagram or via email. So I'm going to leave it there for today's episode, but I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode.